Happy Sabbath, everyone. So good to see you this morning. The Lord is good. All the time. He's a wonderful God. He truly is a wonderful God. Um, just want to thank everyone who participated in our worship service today, who led out. Truly want to thank you. I want to welcome everyone who is here today, those who are in the sanctuary, those who are joining online. Welcome to the Garland Faith Community SDA Church. Uh, this is a group of godly people. Amen? Amen? People who truly love God, not perfect, but people who are consistently being sanctified by their Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And today we are we're indeed blessed that we're alive and well. And we're here in the sanctuary to receive the Lord uh, emblems, those holy emblems that mean so much to us. Amen? And we're here to gather around the table on this Sabbath day. I invite you just to bow your heads with me as we share a word from the Lord together. Father, thank you. You're amazing. We certainly don't deserve your grace and your mercy, your goodness. It's just a testimony of who you are. You make it available to any person who is willing to reach out and receive it. So we thank you. We thank you for the joy of worship. Father, you have heard the singing. You have heard the praying. You have re received uh, the, the, the gifts, gifts from your people. Father, I'm sure you see the sweet fellowship. And now we, we turn our attention to your word. And we know, Father, you have something within it for each and every one of us here today. And so we just ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. That you just pour within us all the blessings of heaven. Father, bless us with your forgiveness today. I pray, Lord, that you will also strengthen us with your sanctifying power. And may you continue to burn within our hearts the hope of one day seeing our Savior, Jesus Christ, as he returned to this earth. And so, Father, I commit all that I am into your hands. I give you all my faculties willingly over to you to be used. I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me and speak to me. And may we all be changed. May we all be blessed in the process. For we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. The church of the living God say, Amen. Amen. Today, I want to spend a few moments with you just to look at this inscribable gift that we have been blessed with as human beings, sinful human beings. So I'll spend some time and I invite you to just join me in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. So today, the, in, 
indescribable gift that we have been blessed with. Just put your finger there on verse 1. Well, you know, the story is told of a man by the name of Bill Lear. You ever heard of him? Bill Lear is the one who was the founder of this amazing uh, uh, um, company that makes commercial jets. Have you ever heard of the Lear jet? Well, in 1962, Maverick inventor Bill Lear wanted a challenge. A 62-year-old had already invented the eight-track tape. Never used one before, but I know some of you have. <laughs> and the automatic direction finder and autopilot for aircraft. So in 1962, he sold his interest in Lear Incorporated to form a new company called the Learjet, which became the leading supplier of corporate jets within five years. But soon after his company started producing jets, there were two Lear aircraft that crashed. Under mysterious circumstances, Lear was devastated, wouldn't you? And uh, he developed the plane to offer business travelers a fast economical alternative to the airline industry. And at that time, 55 Lear jets were privately owned. And Bill Lear sent a message to every single one of the owners of those jets to stop flying. He wanted to make sure he found the problem for why those two planes crashed before any of those planes would fly again. It was devastating to his company. And so they went to work, and the story is a true story. You can look it up and read it. They went to work to find out this problem. And they created an, um, a bigger problem because the only way to actually figure out what was happening, someone will have to get into one of those jets and fly them to find out what could have happened. And then, of course, when they found the problem, they will have to then go up and get, fix it and go up again and test flight. So who would do that? The question was asked. Well, Bill stepped forward. He stepped forward. I will fly the plane and find out what was the problem. They did find a the problem. They fixed it. And then he went up again. And when he was flying the plane, uh, guess what? He encountered, encountered a major problem. But over and over, Bill went and until the Lord blessed him. Eventually, they were able to fix the problem that caused those two planes to crash. And if it wasn't for Bill Lear, they wouldn't have got there. He stepped up to the plate. I just want to say to the church family today, 
the human family was created by an amazing God. Amazing. Just look at it. I can see you. Look at it, right? I can speak to you. I can enjoy your fellowship. It's amazing. We can have families. I mean, God is so great. He created us. However, there was a problem that seeped into this amazing creation, right? But someone stepped forward. Hallelujah. Our creator himself, Jesus Christ. And he stepped forward to give his life and to make sure whatever would be needed to fix this problem eternally, he would be the one to make it right. Our creator became our redeemer. Hallelujah. Oh my, and what an amazing, what an amazing job Jesus did. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to read it together. So I want you to turn now to your text there in Mark chapter 15. I want us to look at what Jesus did in securing life eternal for human beings. I'm going to look at two aspects of Jesus' final moments. I'm going to look at his emotional and mental, you could say, emotional and mental sufferings. The path that he had to take to make sure he fixed the problem. Are you with me? The problem of sin. This is what it took. So first, we're going to look at the emotional and, and uh, mental sufferings he went through. And then we're going to look at the physical Bible says in verse 1, immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a what? Cons consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him up to who? Then Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Pause there. I want you to just keep in mind the very people that were listed here, the chief priests. The who? If there was any person that should know who Jesus was, should have been the chief priests. But not only chief priests, but the elders, not the garland elders now. Are you with me? Right, Ella Stewart? These are elders back then. <laughs> All right. But the elders were there. And if anybody who, who you would think would embrace Jesus and would fight for him, these were the same elders who saw him healing people. Hallelujah. Creating so many miracles. Same elders. They, 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 they were the ones, a part of the group, the scribes, and the whole council, the entire church. Can you imagine this? The entire church leadership were there to reject him. Now, can you imagine how Jesus felt? The people who had, who had his words, in charge of the dispensation of his words, abandoned him, gave him up. That's what the Bible says. You think about it, just think about the emotional 
distress that he was going through to endure that. To see these people giving him up to Pilate. Oh, wow. That was really, really tough. The Bible says he answered and said to, that, to, to him, it is as you say, Jesus said. And the chief priest accused him of many things. The chief priest accused Jesus of many things. And Jesus is listening to all of this. And he chose to remain silent. You know, sometimes that's the best thing to do. Just relax. You know why? Jesus knew someone was fighting his battles. Amen? <laughs> At this point, he knew, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not alone here. You see what I'm saying? Someone is going to fight. Someone has promised me something, and I can depend upon it. Hallelujah. So sometimes when, when people are coming at you ferociously with all kinds of language and accusation, be still. And know that there's a God. Just be still. That's what Jesus did. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they are testifying against you? But Jesus still answered nothing. So that Pilate marveled. Hallelujah. He was also rejected by the people he came to serve. So not only by the church, but by the multitude. By the what? Did the multitude, were they blessed by Jesus' ministry? Well, look at the Bible. You would think the folks who were fed by Jesus. Remember them? You would think that when they saw Jesus in trouble, they would also try to help. Oh, wow. Jesus was in trouble and the church left him, but not only the church. Now at the feast, in verse 6, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them. This is Pilate, right? Whoever, whomever they requested, and there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. These were murderers. Then the multitude. The who? The multitude. Crying aloud. Began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? You know, it's as if Pilate, Pilate is the one fighting for Jesus. In some sense. Do you see it here? I mean, oh my. Uh, but Pilate answered and said, them saying, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, what do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, crucify him. The multitude, crucify him. How, how could they do that to Jesus? 
who was nothing but so helpful to them. He was rejected, sure enough, by the church leadership. Now he was rejected by the very people he healed, he taught, amen, and blessed. How rejected Jesus must have felt to actually hear this from the people shouting, crucify him, and to think that they would choose a murderer over him. Wow. Emotionally, it must have been so, so horrifying for Jesus to see this happen. But in verse 15, finally, in verse 15, so Pilate wanted to gratify the who? The crowd. Release Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. So Pilate now, the head of the government, rejected. Rejected by the church leadership, by the multitude, by the government. And you would think that, hey, listen, how much could he take? Because there's more. There's so much more. You're aware that the disciples themselves abandoned him, right? But look at verse, let's keep going. Let's add to that, and this is the main one that really, really affected Jesus the most. He's down to his last. The only person that he could think about that would stand for him and by him. The only person who would never leave him or forsake him. You go down to verse 33. Bible says, now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole what? Land. Until the ninth hour. And then at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatini. Which is translated, my God. My God. Why have you forsaken me. You see that, Don? I mean, the world forsook him. That's okay. You know, it was tough to see that and experience it. But now to be in a position where God has now gone, is now gone. Are you with me? So he's actually standing in a position where, where he's completely alone. And what this is teaching us is exactly the result of a sinful life. It will leave us what? Now, Jesus didn't live a sinful life, but he was bearing our what? Upon himself, right? What you're seeing Jesus experiencing in this stage of his, of his uh, life is what the sinner will experience when they do not turn their hearts over to God. Are you with me? Sin is very deceptive. It makes us feel good. But as Moses said, only for a time. Are you with me? Only for a season. But the eternal effects is so devastating. It's a life of complete nothing. Nothing. 
Jesus was bearing the full weight of sin. And it means rejection from everyone and from God himself. But the truth is God doesn't want to, he doesn't want to reject anyone. The truth is we're the ones who reject him. Is that true? He has provided salvation for everyone. He's not, his art is not there to condemn people, but rather to save them. Jesus Christ went through agony, the agony of rejection. How do you feel this morning? Do you feel that you need to make it right with Jesus? Do you feel like there's some things you would like to just have him forgive? To have him cleanse? Do you feel like you'd like for Jesus to just put you in a right place with him today? Because maybe you've been walking away from him. Maybe you've been doing stuff that's completely not according to his will. Maybe he brought you here today to tell you how much he loves you. Amen? You know, one of the good things about the gospel, the gospel is amazing. No wonder why the Lord has planted it in my hearts and your hearts too, to share it. Jesus is, is indescribable. In other words, when he comes into a life, he alone knows how to change it. He, ano he alone knows how to, how to satisfy those desires. You see what I'm saying? I have watched him when I received him in my life. I have seen Jesus work amazing things. Struggles that I had before. Inclinations that I wondered. Matter of fact, I, I remember coming to Jesus and I was still struggling with stuff. And I asked him, I said, how are you going to get rid of this? <laughs> and let me tell you, over the years... I can see sanctifying power working in my life. To the very same things I used to do before, I don't do it anymore based upon his grace and mercy and power. He's an amazing God, and he's powerful not only for forgiveness, he's powerful to change your very lives. The things that you might say, I will never ever give up, God can make you dislike them. If you only give him the chance. Jesus, he's suffering there on the cross from the rejection that he faced. But then, but then, in verse 22, verse 22, are you following? Not only suffer, suffer the mental and emotional um, stress from the many rejections that he faced, but he suffered physically. Physical pain. Y'all like physical pain? I'm sure you don't, right? None of us do. None of us. Verse 22. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated a place of a skull. Then he gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink. But he did not take it. Huh. They gave him something to, to kind of take away the pain. Some morphine or whatever it was, right? And Jesus said, no, I don't want that. I'm taking the full wrath 
of sin. And I'm going to take it all. I have a purpose in mind for it, which we're going to get to, right? But Jesus said, listen, I, no, I want it all. Can you imagine? Because when I'm done, no one will ever be able to accuse me that I sidestep something, right? I want the full wages of sin upon me. Wow. Sin is painful, y'all. It is painful. Yes, there's some pleasure. But I tell you what, later on, there's some pain. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments. He was naked before the multitude, our Savior. They crucified him. They divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription, the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. Now we don't really know what crucifixion really, really looks like, you know, in, in our world. You see what I'm saying? But in the Roman Empire, it was one of the worst ways to kill someone. Are you with me? In fact, many, many people who were crucified, it took them seven days to die. You, you were literally killed, basically, by, 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 by the lack of the ability to breathe. Because you're hanging there and everything, gravity is pressing down upon you. You have to be lifting up to breathe each time. You have to be trying to lift up yourself while you're hanging there in order to breathe. It was one of the most painful deaths that the Romans will use to crucify their worst criminals. And the truth about the, 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 the cross is this. The Roman cross, it, it's actually, the Jews could have easily have said and followed their own laws. Can you imagine? Their own Bible said, listen, if someone blasphemes against God, they should be stoned. Their own Bible. But they said, listen, we can't stone this guy. <laughs> we can't stone him because he said he's going to be raised from the dead. Are you following me? So we want a way to kill him so that he'll never rise. And the only example in Jewish history for that is hanging someone on a tree. They used to do that to the kings. You know, when they capture kings, you know what they'll do to them? They'll hang them on a tree. Because that was a statement that says, this person will never come back to life again. So when they stood before Pilate and they cried out, crucify him, they were lying against the word of God, right? They were going against it, and they were choosing an a, 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 a execution, hoping that this would keep Jesus in the grave. <laughs> we know how the story ends, but I'm getting there. Because no matter what they did to Jesus, guess what? He had a plan in mind. 
And he was going to do whatever they chose. And they chose to crucify him. Hmm. Most painful death a person could die. Jesus went through it. He received the nails in his hands and his feet, and he hung there. Didn't take him seven days to die, though. Bible did say he gave up his life. Gave up his life. He died. As you know, on Good Friday, right? And he rested in the tomb on the Sabbath. Rested. What an experience. Emotional torture. Physical torture. For what? What would possess a person to go through something like that? What kind of purpose would a person have in mind? To endure that. When they could have saved themselves from it. Are you with me? Because he could. Remember when um, uh, uh, Peter wanted to, 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 um, to fight for Jesus? And Jesus had to tell him, hey, listen, no man. If I want, I could call angels to defend me. But you see right now? I have a plan in mind. I have a plan. And no matter what it's going to take, I'm going to go through it. Turn with me to um, uh, Mark um, chapter. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter what? Emotional torture. Physical torture. Why? Why endure this, Jesus? Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28. Verse 28 says... But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine. Right? 26, no, sorry, 26. I'm reading 29. 26. And as they, Matthew 26, verse 28. Yeah, for this is my what? My blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the what? What is the reason why he's going through this? He's going to shed his blood. He's going, to, he's going to receive the pain of the cross, the emotional torture as well. For what reason? Bible says for this reason, for many, which is sorry, shed for, for many for the remissions of what? In other words, Jesus was going through that while thinking about Sean. He was going through all of that while thinking about every person. Can you imagine that? The reason why he's doing this, because he wanted every person to come back in a right relationship with their heavenly father. And he would give his life for that. 
He wanted everyone to have all their sins forgiven. He wanted everyone to have the power to overcome sin. And he wanted everyone to experience the day when we will live a life without no sin. Hallelujah! He, that was in his mind. Have you ever had a thought in your mind or a goal in your, in your mind that you work towards? And it seems like nothing can stop you from accomplishing that dream? Are you with me? That's, that's, what, that, that's exactly what was in his mind. To know that he will have people who have been suffering from the ravishes of sin, to know one day those sins are forgiven. One day they don't have to live under the dominance of that sin anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's what was in his heart, in his mind, and he was willing to give his life for it. And he went through it all for us. I'm so grateful that he did <laughs> Are you? I am so grateful that Jesus went through all of that. And he paid the penalty of sin. He took on every sin in this world upon himself. And you know where sin finished? It finished in the grave. But Jesus came up from the grave. Hallelujah. Hello? And people saw him walking around for 40 days. And he said, hey, listen, I'm going to go back to heaven. They saw him actually lifted up in the clouds and going to heaven. And then he said, listen, you, just as all you see me going up, the day is coming when I'm coming back the same way. Hallelujah. And he says he's coming back for all those who believe in him. I mean, what a treasure. It's indescribable that God will do this for humanity. I mean, it's just amazing. And you know, this can be theory to some. It can be food for father for others to chastise. But to me, it's actually living power. Are you with me, friends? And to you, it's the same. I mean, Jesus is just amazing. I thank him for all that he has done for humanity. And before I ask you a few questions, I want to share with you as I close, yes, emotional distress he faced, physical death, but victory in the end. You know, the story is told of, of a little boy whose sister needed a blood transfusion. And the doctor explained that she had the same disease the boy had recovered from two years ago. Our only chance of recovery was a transfusion from someone who had previously conquered the disease. Since the two-year-old had the same rare blood type, the boy was an ideal donor. Would you give your blood to Mary? The doctor asked. Johnny hesitated. His lower lip started to tremble. Then he smiled and said, sure, for my sister. Sure. Soon the two children were wheeled into the hospital room. Mary pale and thin, Johnny robust and healthy. When their eyes met each other, Johnny grinned. 
as a nurse inserted the needle in his arm, Johnny's smile faded. He watched the blood flow through the tube. With the ordeal almost over, his voice slightly shaking and cracking, uh, broke the silence. The doctor, when uh, he, he asked, doctor, looking at the blood leaving his body, when do I die? When do I die? Only then the doctor realized why Johnny had hesitated and, the, and his lip had trembled when he agreed to be a donor for his sister. He thought giving his blood to his sister meant giving up his life. He never knew he was going to live. And so he did it anyway. In that brief moment, he had made his great decision. Johnny, the doctor said, fortunately, you will live. Can you imagine, Johnny? <laughs> Poor Johnny didn't know. But the, the doctor assured him, Johnny, you will live. And your sister will too. You know, I, I, I thought about this story. And I thought about Jesus. When he went into that, on that when he went on that cross, he was, he was giving everything. Everything up. Galatians 1 verse 1 said, it was a father who raised him from the dead. Whatever the Father chose to do, Christ was willing to just submit to that. And he did that for us. I wonder if there's someone here today in the sanctuary or watching online. You have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior from sin. You have never married him. In fact, Jesus said, if you believe... And if you are baptized, you shall be saved. Baptism is the marriage. Are you with me? Because it's still death, do us what? That's what it is. It's an eternal decision. It's a public expression of what Jesus began in your heart. So if you are here today, you've never said to Jesus, forgive me of my sins, Lord. Wash and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. If you have never been baptized, I'm going to ask you something today. I'm going to ask you to seriously consider making that decision for Christ. Myself, we have elders here in our church. We would be so happy to study with you and prepare you for baptism so you can also join the family of God, right here at Garland. Amen? Amen? And if you're here today, you're faithful in coming to church, but you know the areas where you're unfaithful.
when it comes to God. He sees inside the closets, and he sees inside the church. Maybe today is your point as well, your opportunity to just come clean with God. Lord, I want to be washed completely. I want to renew my life with you. And those things that I'm struggling with, I need a miracle. Amen? I need a miracle today that you would just give me all the power and strength to live a pure life in your, life in your sight. I don't know where you are today, but I want to make sure everyone gets the opportunity to reconcile to God. Amen? Right where you are, even online, right where you are, just bow your heads. And I will ask you, why don't you talk to him? Why don't you tell him what you need? Why don't you ask him to forgive and to restore? Let's go to our Savior in prayer together, just for a brief moment. Let's pray. Father, we did nothing. Just like creation, we created nothing. So it is in our salvation, we did nothing for it. You created it. You performed it. And all we have to do is simply receive it. Receive your goodness. There's no words, Father, to truly understand and fully and to truly uh, just know all that went on and, and how you processed it. Um, but what Jesus did for us, it's truly indescribable. Surely no human being would ever do something like that, but only a person who was fully human and fully God could exercise such a sacrifice. And today, right in this moment, in this sanctuary, And in the homes of those who are watching, there are people that you have brought today to hear your words. Because you know what they're going through. You know their life, just like you know mine. You know their needs. You know the things that keep tripping them up. You know what is keeping those from making that full decision to accept you fully in their lives. You know all of that. I just pray in Jesus' name that today would be a day of miracles. Miracles where people will be making decisions for you right now. To receive you by faith in their lives. To receive 
all that Jesus did and went through and suffered to receive uh, the blessing to know that they don't have to die that eternal death. But Jesus went through it for them. That they don't have to live under the ravishes and dominion of sin. But Jesus has, has won th th that power for them today. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you just, you just speak to that person who, who, who's, who's making and uh, thinking about those decisions of accepting you as their full Lord and Savior. And Father, you know, the church, at this critical moment when Jesus needed and would have loved their support, it was the leadership in the church, Father, that, that rejected him. And there's sometimes, through our actions, we church people have rejected you. The multitude did. And so we have done also. But in the name of Jesus, we're here today to ask you to forgive us. Forgive us of those ways. Father, and help us with your power never to walk that way again. I pray that some level of power would be poured out in this church today. Whereby, whereby those, those addictions will be broken. Father, where, 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 where those uh, habits of anger will be quelched. Father, I just pray that today would be a changing moment for your people. So that going forward, we can be more and more authentic when it comes to our relationship with you. Father, I'm so blessed by this church. You have been working in such a wonderful way with this church. Father, I, I know you're moving us into greater heights each and every week. And I just pray that your spirit will be all poured upon us. And we'll serve you and bring you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name.